For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. My name is Joseph, son of Jacob and Rachel. When I was young, my parents loved me very much, and they thought of me as a gift from God. We had worship every morning and every evening, and I learned to honor and serve Yahweh no matter what. My father didn't always show his love equally to my brothers, so when he gave me a beautiful, expensive tunic, they didn't think it was fair. I loved the tunic, especially because it was from my dad, so I wore it anyway. I wish they did not hate me so much. Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers. There we were, binding sheaves of grain in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright, and indeed your sheaf stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. Genesis 37, verse 5 to 7. My name is Benjamin, and I am Joseph's younger brother. When Joseph was 17 years old, God gave him two special dreams. In the first dream, all my brothers gathered bundles of grain. After we finished, everyone's bundles of grain bowed down to Joseph's bundle. In the second dream, Joseph saw the sun, the moon, and 11 stars bowing down to him. Joseph wasn't sure what the dreams meant, but he told us what he saw anyway. We knew he was father's favorite, but this arrogance was way too much. I knew he had a good heart and always tried to serve God and follow his guidance, but my brothers thought he was just bragging about how he would be the greatest among us, and they were not happy. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua 1.9 I'm Reuben, one of the oldest in the family. Joseph was always father's favorite. You see, our father Jacob felt differently about Rachel, Joseph and Benjamin's mother. He didn't pay as much attention to the rest of us, and that hurts. Joseph's fancy tunic was a constant reminder of father's favoritism. Then he started having these absurd dreams which even our parents thought were ridiculous. Our jealousy became too much to contain, so we plotted to get rid of that dreamer. When Benjamin wasn't around, we got Joseph in the far pastures alone. The other nine wanted to kill him, but that was too far for me. We needed to teach him a lesson, not to commit murder. I convinced him to secretly throw him into a deep pit. A caravan, a caravan from Egypt came by, and we got some silver in exchange for sending Joseph with them. We obviously couldn't tell our father, so we tore up the infuriating colorful coat and dipped it in blood. When we showed it to our father, he was heartbroken. But our lives are easier now. With Joseph on his way to Egypt, there is no way those obscenities will ever come true again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5-6. to How could they do this? My own brothers tried to kill me. Now I'm a slave. 
which is way worse than being killed. Papa and Benjamin must be heartbroken. I miss them so much. Yahweh, I feel utterly alone. I don't know what to do. Please, just don't leave me. I will serve you no matter what. I was bought by a wealthy Egyptian named Potiphar. I started out sleeping floors and doing whatever needed to be done around the household. In time, my master saw that I did my best in everything. He put me in charge of more and more until I was responsible for running his whole entire household. Can you believe that? Things were going pretty well until my master's wife got angry with me. She cornered me into a lose-lose position, and when I few to honor Yahweh, she made it look like I had sinned with her. Potiphar was furious. I think I knew what had really happened, but with no evidence, he had no choice but to throw me in prison. Remember those dreams that I had when I was younger? Even in prison, Yahweh still watches over me. I will trust him, regardless how hard my path becomes. The famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened the storehouses and sold, sold to the Egyptians. So all countries came to Egypt to buy grain. Because the famine was severe in all lands. Genesis 41, 56-57 Here, step behind this pillar. Today, it seems the king's wise men have more important things on their mind than watching where they're going. But that's not important. You were asking me something back when I was filling up my pitcher. Oh, my time in prison. Ah, yes. I haven't thought about those days in a long time. And honestly, I would rather forget that unpleasant digression. Back when the, uh, Pharaoh was nearly poisoned, it turned out it was the chief baker, so I got sentenced to keep doing my chaotic job as his chief butler. But we did meet a most unusual slave there. He was definitely not from these parts, but he was kind enough, and he even helped us out when we had these strange dreams that we couldn't understand. But... Everything did eventually come true. Now, hmm. How is a man supposed to think in a palace with so much commotion? What's the ruckus about? Well, you see, well, the wise men are trying to figure out these strange dreams that the Pharaoh had. Pharaoh's dreams? Joseph? Excuse me, I really need to go. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor inside of the keep of the prison. And the keep of the prison committed to Joseph's hands. All the prisoners were in the prison. Genesis 39, verse 21. My name is Asenath. Wife of Zapath Paneah, Prime Minister of Egypt, mother of Nessa and Ephraim. My father is Potiphernath, priest of On. Egyptians worship Ra and many other gods, but my husband only worships one, Yahweh. 
Yahweh gave my husband the gift of interpreting the king's dreams and revealing the events that would come to pass in the future. No one else could do that. We will have seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. Yahweh gave my husband a plan to keep Egypt from starvation. That same day, Pharaoh rewarded Joseph as prime minister over all the land of Egypt and by giving him a wife, me. My husband works hard overseeing the building of enormous storehouses for extra grain, as much as the sand of the seashore. During the seven years of famine, we will have enough grain for all the land of Egypt, and perhaps enough for the whole world. Please excuse me now. It is time to check on the servants preparing the evening meal. My husbands and sons will be home soon, and they are always hungry. And Pharaoh, said, and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you, that you can understand a dream to interpret it. So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Genesis 41, 15 and 16. I am Judah, one of the eldest sons of Jacob of Hebron. There is a terrible famine. Our father said, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there, that we may live and not die. Upon meeting Governor Zaph Nathaniah, we did what everyone else was doing, bowing with our faces in the sand, just begging to buy food. But the governor was very cruel and said, You are spies. On our second trip, the governor's silver cup was found in Benjamin's sack of grain. I was frantic. How could my father endure losing another son? We bowed before the governor again. I begged to be put in jail instead of Benjamin. Mysterious things happened next. After accusing us of being spies, Governor Zaphnath Pinia invited all of us to his home for a feast and seated us in birth order. How could he know? Then Benjamin gets five times more grain than the rest of us. What is going on? But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good, in order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Genesis 50, verse 20. Governor Zaphnath Paniah is the name given to me by Pharaoh. I am Joseph, your brother, and I recognize you from the first time you came here. You sold me into slavery 20 years ago, and I needed to find out if you had changed. During these lonely years after your betrayal, Yahweh has never stopped taking care of me. The God of our fathers has been faithful to me, and I to him. What you meant for evil, he turned into a blessing so that the whole land of Egypt would have food during this famine. Even you. I am so glad to see you. There's much to tell you. These are my sons. 
Manasseh, and Ephraim. My childhood dreams came true after all. God gave me insight to interpret Pharaoh's dreams, and now here I am, responsible for saving Egypt from hunger. Yahweh has put the pieces of my life together. Go, bring our father and move here to Egypt. The God of our fathers has provided for us all. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. Isaiah 41, verse 10. The story of Joseph is an exemplary story. That means in it, God gives us examples of how we can live the right way, even in times when our whole world seems wrong. What can we learn from Joseph's story? Well, today we're calling that story, Faith Admits Isolation. Example one, Joseph was faithful to God. You see, just as in Joseph's time, living in our world today is not always easy. Past months have been tough on us all, pathfinders, youth, and adults, the whole world. Although life is not normal, we can still be faithful to God. Do you know that the most important mission of the Pathfinders Club is to show its members the path to Christ? The Pathfinders Club is not just an ordinary club. It is a ministry where boys and girls can learn about God and have a relationship with Him. Example 2. Joseph was faithful to God by using his skills to do good work. You see, Joseph's job as governor in Egypt was not always easy. The skills and discipline learned as a boy helped him to do a good job, and many people were blessed. The Pathfinder Club exists so that many more boys and girls can learn about God and have a relationship with Him. Pathfinder Club exists so that many more boys and girls can join and be provided with the skills, knowledge, and discipline to prepare us not just for life in this world, but for life eternal. Example 3. Joseph was faithful to God and forgave. You see, Joseph forgave his brothers because he trusted that God had a plan for his life. God took the broken pieces of Joseph's life and put them together so that Joseph could be a blessing. Example 4. Joseph was faithful to God when he was isolated from his family. When we are isolated from friends and family love, we know how important they are in our lives and look forward to being with them again. You know, I'm looking forward to the day when life will be back to normal. However, this is not promised. Do you know what is promised? For 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16 through 17 says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall ever be with the Lord. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me to the promised land. What a day, glorious day, that will be. We look forward to reuniting with our loved ones, just as Joseph enjoyed reuniting with his family. The greatest reunion will be with Jesus himself. There will be no more COVID-19, no more sickness, no more pain, no more suffering, no more social distancing, no more isolation, no more depression, and most of all, no more death. What a day that will be. 
We long for the end of sin and the return of Jesus. I know this is your desire also. Jesus requires one step from us in order for him to bring us home with him. That is to accept him as Lord and Savior. Are you willing to do that today? I invite you to accept a Savior who loves and cares for you, a Savior who empowers us and gives us hope to live in the sinistic world, and finally, a Savior who is coming back to take us home with him. Are you willing to accept him today? Amen. Amen. Yes, we are ready to accept. He's ready for him to come back and take us to heaven with him. Thank you, um, Pathfinder, so much for bringing us the story of Joseph and and acting it out for us here in, in our dramatic reading of it. Now, Joseph, he was a young teenager thrown into the bottom of a pit, as we just saw by his older brothers. And I can just imagine his voice hoarse from screaming, let me out, let me out of here. And, and they did nothing. They heard and did nothing. Now, talk about a dysfunctional family. These, we're talking about the great-grandsons of Abraham. I mean, Jesus gets to write up his family tree these names. They threw him in a pit. But in this moment, there's jealousy, there's pride, there's betrayal, there's envy, and Joseph is caught off guard, right? Pits often catch us off guard. I don't know what kind of pit you are in or you are dealing with today, the pit of abandonment, of unemployment, the pit of a physical ailment, sickness, um, whatever pit it may be. Joseph had been there. But the good thing doesn't happen yet. Joseph's story continues and it goes from bad to worse. Right? It keeps going. And after Joseph gets pulled out of this pit, sold into slavery, um, he, was, he was entrapped and then thrown into jail. And sometimes we have to wait. Sometimes God says, hey, you need to wait. And through this isolation, through this mistreatment, God brings him through. And God will bring you through as well. The thing about Joseph is he didn't let the anger or the bitterness into his heart. He let God into his heart daily. And, and my friends, when we let God into our heart daily, he takes us out of the pit and he turns us around and he says, hey, go and serve now, right? And Joseph was able to, he was pulled out of the pit. He was pulled through the hard times. And then God said, hey, serve. And he did and he served and he saved a whole nation of people, Right? And God is calling us as Seventh-day Adventists today to save people, to serve. So where is God calling you to serve today? It can be with the youth. That's where I'm passionate about. We have lots of opportunities there. But where is God serving you? Whatever passions and talents he's given you, he will give opportunity for service to save people just like he gave Joseph. That's my prayer for us this morning. Now, there's a Connect card if you want to pull out your device. There are some options for information on how to serve here at Pioneer. But I just encourage you to do that wherever God is calling you to. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, God, Here we are thinking about Joseph this morning. And you remember his life back then. We can't wait to hear the stories, more of them in heaven, how you brought him through. God, you're taking us through and inviting us to serve in many areas. So God, I 
pray that your Holy Spirit impress and give us action to our thoughts on the service matter. Send us out, God. Help us save people. In Jesus' name, amen.